Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. How are my peeps doing today? It's great to see you all. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. Peggy Lopez. Peggy Lopez says, guess what? A study shows that Alzheimer's, you get Alzheimer's if you sleep too much. So thank you for keeping me awake. I aim to please, Peggy Lopez. Muchísimas gracias, amiga mía. Roberto Luis, saludos a Politics and Right. Mi hermano favorito, ahí está en Houston, Texas. Welcome. How are you doing, my brother? How are you doing today? Bridge MCP. ¿Cómo estás, corazón? ¿Cómo estás? ¿Cómo estás? ¿Cómo estás? Paul Fleming says, ATL checking in. Welcome aboard, Paul Fleming. Welcome aboard, Bridge MCP. I see you here, too. Para ver quién más está aquí, we have Paul Fleming, we got Bruce. Bruce says, Bruce, Bruce says, the song needs some words. Power to the middle. Bruce, we're on the same team, but I don't know what the middle is. Still love you, bro, but I don't know what the middle is. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure out who stands up for Americans. Who stand up for we, the people. ¿Quién va a parar para nosotros? ¿Quién va a ser la persona que va a ser y va a decir, nosotros los americanos, estamos para los americanos? Kim Ingi says, I trust all is well with you. Kim Ingi, thank you so kindly. Yes, it is. Whenever I'm in the presence of you beautiful people, I'm doing fine. Melanie Keelan in from Spain. Welcome aboard. Who am I forgetting? Not the one and only the one that keeps us fed. When he's no longer sick, AVQ, Michael Rudnin, the star of the show today again. How are you doing, brother? Let's get busy. I got a, because I got a good interview that you guys got to see. Elon Musk buys 9% of Twitter stock as he pressures company on free speech. Musk could use sizable Twitter stake to influence company boards and management. Just know that Elon Musk is a hypocrite on this matter. Most recently called himself a free speech absolutist after which an insider article noted that he has a track record of silence and critics with threats of lawsuits and firing employees who disagree with him musk is a free speech absolutist come on now unless it involves safety concerns in my opinion wrote ex-tesla employees john bernal who says he was fired for posting youtube videos about tesla's full self-driving beta elon musk brought nine bought nine percent of twitter to push his free speech absolutist views Onto the platform, making the Twitter algorithm open source is a good idea, curtailing efforts to prevent disinformation. That is your thoughts, and I agree with it. Pausing a crisis doesn't end it. Biden to extend student loan payment freeze again. The debt collective strike debt. We take action at the Department of Education and threaten to debt strike if payments resume. The Biden administration is considering extending the, the, the pause on student payments and another three months. We have to keep pushing. We need to get the student loan forgiveness, but I mean, it needs to go deeper than just the federally issued loans. My daughter has both federal and private, and it needs to hit the private sector as well. Those are loans, same purposes. Continuing. Pause, uh, scientists have finally sequenced the complete human genome and revealed new genetic secrets uncovering the complete sequence of these uh, for formerly missing regions of the genome. Uh, told us so much about how they are organized, which was totally unknown from many, for many chromosomes, said Nicolas Altemos, a postdoctoral fellow at the University of California, Berkeley, and co-founder of four new papers about the completed genome. Before we just had the 
blurriest picture of what was there. And now it is crystal clear down to the single base pair resolution. The newly completed genome dubbed T2T-CHM313 represents a major upgrade from the current reference genome called GRCH38, which is used by doctors when searching for mutations linked to disease, as well as by scientists looking at the evolution of human genetic variation. Genetic engineering will be the difference between knowing where certain genetic sequences are and what genetic sequences do. Such knowledge is 10 years away. That's not a long time. And last but not least, Zelensky at the UN accuses Russian military of war crimes. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky, apparent via video from Ukraine, told UN Security Council members that civilians had been shot in the back of the head after being tortured, blown up with grenades in their apartments, and crushed to death in tanks within cars. I saw actually videos of that. Their tongues were pulled out only because the aggressor did not hear what they wanted to hear from them talking about violence. I don't want anybody to look at the, the Muslims and say how violent they are compared to the West. Seems like everybody has the propensity for violence, which is something we preach it's a human issue, it's a human problem. It's a human problem. Hue and ethnicity are just characteristics, are just attributes that don't remove from what we consider human, what we know is human, what is humanity. All the same, the same evils, the same goods, the same bad. That's why you never hear me talk about something being intrinsic to a particular person of a particular hue. You know, so, and, and by the way, I can't do that anyway. I went ahead and did my 23andMe, you know, so we're from all over the world. Genome from all over the world. All right, let's go ahead and say, Michael Ronan also says, uh, daytime naps may not put cognitively normal older adults at higher risk for developing Alzheimer's. Investigators from Brigham and Women's Hospital report a bidirectional link between daytime napping and cognitive aging Excessive daytime napping predicted an increased future risk of Alzheimer's and a diagnosis of Alzheimer's sped up the, the increase in daytime napping during aging. The team's results are published in the Alzheimer's Dementia Journal. You know, we can always count on Brother Rudman to find all these things for us. All right, Maywood, welcome aboard. Uh, Paul Fleming says, thank you, Politics and Right, for your donations to uh, the MS Society. Of course, of course, politics done right. We ask, we give, we ask also. It's important to give to the MS Society. You know, my wife has lupus and every year we support the Lupus Foundation and we do the lupus walk, etc. For 10 years consecutively, I did the MS 150 where we actually ride about 180 miles from Houston to Austin in two days. 100 miles the first day, 80 miles the second day. And by the way, Bruce Pollard is in the house. Bruce and I did the MS-150 probably three or four times together, I think. Bruce, remind me, how many times did we do the, the MS-150 together? Including, uh, and, and Brother Lewis, Hermano Roberto Lewis also did the MS-150 together with us. Likewise did Norman Reynolds, who did the MS-150, all of us did it together. And we formed a good line, good train, we had fun. So we support MS-150. Please click on that link that uh, Brother Fleming has in there if you have the wherewithal to do it. And support our, our posse by also supporting Brother Paul Fleming. Thank you so kindly, guys. 
Uh, let's see what else we got here. Predictions here. O'Leary has something. I, I listened to that um, piece that you gave me about O'Leary, um, Eric Hayes. And, and folks, I want you to watch it. And I want to, you know what? I want to have a monologue on what O'Leary had to say. Because what I'll probably do is paste a piece of it within what I'm going to say here. O'Leary is pissed off that brother Biden, President Biden, is going to tax capital. That they will have a minimum of 20% tax on their earnings. He thinks it's the most horrendous thing. He thinks it's going to take away from these people who create jobs. Why take it away? Already you're going to give it away when you die, which is false, of course. And so he's upset that they are going to have to pay a fair share in taxes. He doesn't want to pay 20%, even though a lot of you who are dependent, who are, are defending him, make more than several hundred thousand dollars and you pay 35% tax rate. He pays zero on unrealized gains. Okay. But you pay taxes on the gains on your home. You pay taxes on your car. You pay taxes on all these things. But O'Leary, who owns a billions in stocks, he wants to stay scotch-free and he says it's a bad thing and it's un-American. I have a message for Mr. Leary. Parasitic behavior is un-American. Parasitic behavior where you depend on your, you enslave your workers as you get the profit, that is un-American. Okay? That is what's un-American. There is nothing that Brother O'Leary created. He didn't, he's not an engineer. He's not a doctor. He doesn't make, he doesn't give a service that does anything for humanity. You know what O'Leary does? O'Leary makes money off of moving money around. And everybody else do the work that allows him to move that money around. And for that, he does not want to pay any taxes. And then he has a whole lot of folks defending him who are themselves paying taxes, who are themselves doing things. Come on, talking about sycophants. So that is, those are the issues that... Uh, so I'm glad that you brought that up. I wasn't going to talk about it, Eric, but I figured if you're going to put it in, in, the, in the chat and other people are going to click on it, I want them to have the appropriate perspective. O'Leary is nothing more than a parasite. He creates nothing. He develops nothing. And for that, he's wealthy because all of us who buy his products of the companies he is the parasite of, we support Mr. O'Leary. When you see these wealthy billionaires, do not ever feel inferior to them. Do not ever think that they have something you don't. Remember, they are the parasite and you produce. You get up every morning and you work hard and they reap the profits from your work. It is important, my brothers and sisters, that you understand that. Don't allow these guys to go on MSNBC and talk about how un-American it is to tax them for something they didn't even work for. Thank you so kindly. All right, Michael says, my sore throat hasn't gone away, but the tests all came back negative. I have another doctor's appointment tomorrow. Hopefully they'll have an idea for what to try. 
look, you probably have a generic rhinovirus that takes a while to get better. So please, 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 please go ahead and just you stay calm and let's brother uh, keep you around long, long, long. All right. Bruce says Bruce has MS and rode with Egberto for 10 years. Absolutely. So and we had a lot of fun. Bruce is great people. Uh, Bridge MCP says Michael Rudnan. Have they checked for sinus? That's a good, good point. Uh, Team Posse. Thank you, Eric. Let's see what else we got here. Bridge MCP said we pay taxes on tax refunds. Which is that? You know, what can I say? All right, uh, paravet, paravet, paravet. Unearned is what he is mentioning. Your house is unearned income, Eric. You pay property taxes on the current value of your home. That is unearned. And guess what else, Mister? And unlike what he's saying, here's the funny part about it, right? And this is this is how the stock people are such such get such breaks because they get the laws written. I have a house. Houses go up and sometimes they come down in value. Every year, I get my house eva- re-evaluated to see if I need to chop some of the top line off. So one year, I paid more. I pay on a higher value on my home than the previous. I mean, uh, uh, ra- rather, it was inverted. The, the amount that I paid was inverted. This, the count, you don't get back the taxes that you paid on a home that drops in value. Okay. So here's the deal that I want to tell you. O'Leary doesn't want to pay any taxes on unrealized gains, but all average middle-class Americans, they pay taxes on unrealized gains. It's cause they pay taxes on a depreciable asset, their car. They pay taxes on their home. No matter what the value is, they pay on the current value. And guess what your home is? Your home is an on, whenever your home go up in price and you pay a higher price, for taxes and including running some of the people out of your community, that is an unrealized gain. You see, here's the problem. Guys like O'Leary, he depends on people not knowing math. He depends on people not knowing economics, right? So he can go on, on CNBC and say all this crap, and then somebody sits down and they believe, oh, yeah, but that is unrealized gains. Well, the average American citizen, most of them, they do pay taxes on unrealized gains. The increase in value in your house is an unrealized gain. Come on, man. Let's not allow these rich people to continue robbing you blind. Without the company being created an investment in said company, how do you think you even get a... Co- Look, here's the funny thing about it. I don't mind having investors, Okay. Let me tell you what I would love. I would love, I would love some sort of a public investing system that isn't based on a guy who has capital no matter how he got it. Let's give an example. In Texas, we have some very wealthy land owners who got a whole lot of their cattle on that land. They make a ton of money on it. They are wealthy. And with that wealth, they control much. But then you back up in history to see how they got that wealth and realize it's on stolen property that they now have deeds to. And they are able to monetize that stolen property generation after generation. And we are supposed to say, oh, well, that happened long time ago. And, you know, it's okay for them now to control my life because of the amount of income they have on stolen property, on stolen labor, on stolen services. You see... You People want to say, I want to be able to rob a bank. 
and then look like I'm a good person when I'm donating money to different, uh, different societies. I'm sorry. Politics done right is not going to lie to you. Politics done right is going to tell you most rich people are rich undeservingly so. And if we go ahead and follow the money, you'll understand what I'm talking about. And this isn't wealth envy. This is just statements of fact. Not wealth envy, statements of fact. Tom C. says, Ron DeSantis wants to revoke Disney's special privilege because the company is against a new anti-gay law. The Florida governor should replace Disney with DeSantis land. He already is goofy. I, I thought it was funny that he wants to do that, right? Because he's going to kill a lot of jobs in the, if that were to happen. Because some other state is going to say, hey, come on, Disney. We'll give you a special district like the District of Columbia. You'll have the District of Disney, you know? The truth of the matter is I'm not even, I don't even care about that battle, Brother Tom C. Because uh, Disney, in this case, Disney's right. Disney did the right thing. But Disney ain't no saint as far as a, a corporation either, right? So, you know. And Eric Hayes create jobs, but I create jobs. You create jobs, Eric. Tom C. creates jobs. Michael Rudnan create jobs. Peggy Lopez creates jobs. We just do it differently. We actually work to create jobs. Leary has us work for him to create more jobs. Like you see, capiche? Okay, Egberto, no, did a virus test as well? Came back negative. So your body just have to recover, brother. You take good care of yourself, drink fluids, drink acidic fluids to knock some of that stuff out. Uh, Bruce has had my ears hosed out today. Vertigo is better. Oh, God. Sorry, bro. So they actually clean out all the wax and all of that, man. Was it really filled up? Ball Fleming says, we'll explain. Well, explain. Thank you. Gracias, hermano. Uh, Michael Rodnan says, the increase in value on your house is an unrealized gain until you sell your home, which might not ever happen, yet you still pay taxes on it. And it's not only that you pay taxes on it, rather than it's deeper than that, right? And this is where these crooks that don't, don't get it. You pay the taxes on it every year. Every year. You pay the taxes on the same realized, unrealized gain. Here's the difference between stocks though. Let's say I have, let's say I got a gain, I sold it and it's a realized gain. I pay on that one time. We don't want that. We want all assets treated the same. If you pay taxes on an asset every year, pay taxes on the asset every year. What you do is you create a humongous base and you, you drop the prices. You know what would happen then? Most of our income taxes would fall. And those people who get, you know, you guys don't understand how wealthy the top 1% is. But we could forget about paying. We could cut everybody else's taxes in half. Tax them a little bit more on your wealth. And we cleared the budget. I'm not, we did this calculation before we could do it again. You guys just don't understand the wealth of the wealthy. You don't understand what $200 billion is, what $4 billion is. It's amazing when you take a look at it. Continuando con todo más. Roberto says, take some garlic, honey, lemon, ginger, cinnamon, cloves with mint. Hey, my brother there, uh, Lou, he's a herbologist, man. He put all kind of concoctions together and we, we like to use it. Bridge MCP says, Egberto, what is wrong with a flat tax to everyone? It's regressive. That's what's wrong, my dear, beautiful Bridge MCP. Let me give an example why. 
why is it that we pay taxes, we, that some people just want to pay taxes on a percentage? Let me give an example. If I make $10, I pay $1 in taxes. I have $9 left to spend. If you make $1,000, you spend $100 in taxes, but you have $900 left. So you are on a growth path that is uncontrollably unable to catch up. This stuff about paying a percentage, you know, is something that we learn to accept. Now, later on, we went into something called progressive taxation, which means a certain amount of money dictate a small, no tax, another amount dictate a higher amount of tax. And when you reach to the certain level, you should really pay 99% of that stuff in taxes after a certain level. Mathematically speaking, that's the only way in the way money works out. That's the only way you prevent that person from being able to completely and always eventually take the entire pie. It's a mathematical formula. If you go ahead and just give a percentage, if you do the derivative of that, this is a mathematical thing now, what you start to get is a, a place of diminishing returns, right? Because you are growing exponentially and your growth path is so high, it's, it, it's, you can't catch it. So that is what people have to understand, right? You need a progressive taxation. To put it bluntly, um, th this won't sit well with most. But after a certain amount, there's no point in, not, in, in having more income. And people say, well, that will stop innovation. Really? The funny thing about it is it's not the wealthy people who innovate in this country. It's not the rich who create innovation. It's the average American citizen who think up of ideas. And then they have to go beg some rich person to mass produce that idea. But ideas don't come from the rich. That is, you know, they have you believe in all this crap. Bezos created these things. Bill Gates created these things. No, Bill Gates and Bezos had the money to buy the person or persons or entity who create these things. We have to get the narrative right. Rich people create nothing in, in the aggregate. Even Bill Gates, I love Bill Gates. He's a good, he gives away things. I love him. But he didn't create anything of substantive value. He bought the operating system that he modified for IBM. That was a business, I, I, that was an ingenious business coup. But he didn't invent nothing. Basic, which was the first operating, the first language on the thing was lousy, okay? Uh, his BIOS for the first IBM PC, which he didn't write, it was the PC guys, was terrible. I have the source code because I, when I wrote ComDRV, I had to inter interface the int 14, int 21, and, and other pieces of the BIOS to go into the system. It was nothing special. So I'm trying to explain to our folk, stop revering the rich. They produce nothing. You do. You go out there and you invent. You go out there. Most of the invention comes in college. Starving kids that spend all night in a lab. They spend all night in the lab. And they're inventing. They're creating. And then they come out with something. And then they say, God, I wish I could have enough money to buy more reagent. I wish I had enough money to buy this. And then the rich fat cat comes in and he said, I'll give you the money for the patent. Now your name is here. 
you make a few million dollars and we capitalize on it for the rest of the time, for all time. And look, I've gone so far, it's too late for me to play the damn half hour video uh, interview that I had today. I lost my trend of time, folks. Please accept my most sincere apologies. We'll play it tomorrow. Oh, God. I could swear I, I, my eyes deceived me. My eyes deceived me. Okay. If you just adjusted 1913 tax return for inflation, only people making more than $83,000 would pay income tax. I love that calculation. I haven't verified it. I'm sure Michael Rudnan is going to check it out. <laughs> All right. Eric Hayes, do the AOC tax 90%. I think high, I, 90, in, look, in the aggregate, not even 90% is enough after a certain amount. Yes, I'll play Saki. Thank you for saying that, Breach. Even 90% is, is not enough in the aggregate, but we'll, we'll talk about that some other time. Uh, let's see. Let's go ahead. I'll, I'll go ahead and play Saki now, and then we'll finish up with uh, whatever you guys want to talk about. So since I've lost the half hour that that interview was supposed to be, and I was supposed to play for that half hour, but Longmouth Egberto and you guys, I love you guys so much. Whatever you keep talking and I keep engaging with it, I'll have to do it another time. So come up with new things that you want me to talk about after this four-minute or three minutes and 80 seconds Saki piece, okay? Let's get busy and listen to La Doña Saki. Well, I'm in a bit more casual abodes right now, but anyhow, uh, I want you to see exactly how uh, Jen Zaki took care of Ducey. She wasn't really uh, trying to make a big point, but in the process, I think she did. She really made him look rather silly as he tried to bring up the Just Say Gay bill and ask, how early can we start teaching about gender identity? I have a, a message for him, however, but let's go ahead and listen to Jen and then we'll take it on the other side. And then what about this new law in Florida? At what age does the White House think that students should be taught about sexual orientation and gender identity? Well, I would say, uh, first of all, Peter, um, we have spoken to uh, the Don't Say Gay bill in the past, I believe is what you're referring to, and made clear that uh, as we look at this uh, this uh, this law, uh, what we think it's a reflection of is politicians in Florida propagating misinformed, hateful policies that do absolutely nothing to address uh, the real issues. Uh, the Department of Education is well-positioned and ready to evaluate um, what to do next and uh, when and its implementation, whether it's its implementation violates federal civil rights law, uh, but I would note that parents across the country uh, are looking to um, you know, uh, national, state, and district leaders to uh, support our nation's students, to ensure that uh, kids are treated equally in schools, and that is certainly not, this is not a reflection of that. And, and so, just the last one, if, so if you guys oppose this law that bans classroom instruction about uh, sexual orientation and gender identity in K through three. Does White House support that kind of classroom instruction before kindergarten? Do you have examples of schools in uh, Florida that are teaching kindergartners about sex education? I'm just asking for the president. Well, I think that's a I think that's a relevant question because I think this is a politically charged, uh, harsh law that is putting 
parents and LGBTQ plus kids in a very difficult, uh, a heartbreaking circumstance. And so I actually think that's a pretty relevant question. Go ahead. On the uh, Ukraine atrocities, uh, Jake referenced some of the images that all our news organizations have been gathering. Is the administration able to gather other and document other cases that you have assembled that we I hope you, 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 you heard that. But in effect, what she's telling him is, hey, guy, uh, the reality is this is a painful issue, especially in a society where it have very little regard to people that are different many a times. But you know what? I have a, a special message. Somebody, and this I learned, I had to learn this on my own. But you know, it turns out that they don't have to learn about gender identity. The people that are uh, transgender or, or, or folks that, that have these, part, what we, some may call gender issues, because you know what? inside they know you know who needs to learn we do we do and when we start to realize that things will change not only in the issue of gender but on several other issues where they are differences we spend a lot of time deconstructing the news right absolutely so and i i always have to give my mia culpa right and and i one of the reasons that i always give a mia culpa is I think it is important for us to um, to always fess up to prejudices that we've had in the past because I think it 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 it, it humanizes us all and it shows that we are all fallible. One of the reasons I I keep and I make sure and keep things with everybody is because again I we are all fallible. We're all fallible. But anyway, she made a fool out of him. You know, uh, he said, "Wait a minute, is there any?" Any place you know about a kindergarten class teaching about gender or whatever? Not like I said, you don't you you don't have to ask it. I have relatives that when they were two years old, I knew that their that their gender didn't their physical gender did not correspond to their actual uh, what would I say mental gender or for. Again, sometimes I can say things stupidly, right? But you, you understand what I'm saying, that they, they didn't match. And, you know, it was, it's obvious. So, I mean, the, these troglodytes of which I used to be in my very, very early life, you know, just need to learn, grow up, learn the stuff. All right, Carl Cox says, hey, you haven't been following what Carl Cox says. Carl Cox, that's not it at all. I've been just talking too damn much. So I'm going to read some of Carl Cox's stuff. He says, since crooked, greedy Reagan became president, the mega-rich mega-corporations paid little or no taxes. The vanishing middle class paid taxes to support the mega-rich mega-corporations. I agree with you, and that's present as well. Uh, what else did Carl say? Did I, you know, Carl, sometimes you send things over, however, that never make it. That's a, Carl Cox also says the vanishing middle class paid taxes to support the mega-rich corporations. Bleep the mega-rich corporations and the fools who believe worship them it's not uh, i'm going to correct that there are not fools who worship these mega corporations they're not um you you are here every day listening to politics done right and uh, i am list, i've listened to a lot of other people let me let me tell you something i'm putting i'm going to have uh richard wolf economist richard wolf on next week i think it's next week i've got to check my schedule and 
before I was, I have to consider myself. Uh, I don't know if I named it, I called it that way or not, but I have to say that I was always like a capitalist, okay? And I went ahead and I listened to Richard Wolf, professor, doctor, economist, Richard Wolf. He had a, a speech called Capitalism Hits the Fan. And I remember going to listen to that. And look it up, folks, look it up. It's on my website as well. Just look up Capitalism Hits the Fan. And that was transformational to me because you don't understand the crookedness of our economic system and what it does to the average worker and how much the top really extract out of it and the techniques that they use to screw you out of your worth. In other words, it's a fixed growing, it's a pie that's growing, let's say, at 2 3% every year because of a, some kind of inflation, et cetera, 2 to 3% every year. But these mega wealth to take 7, 8, 20, 25% out every year. That has to come from somewhere and it's from you. But you're not just going to give it to them. They have to find techniques to take it away from you. So here are the, here's a technique that really got to me the most out of um, when, when I went to listen to Professor Wolf. He went ahead and said, right after uh, Reagan, your wage increases ceased. In other words, you weren't getting that raise of 2% or whatever over inflation or anything like that. In fact, many people were getting stagnant wages or falling wages. A, a factory that used to pay you $50 an hour closes and now you have to settle for $20 an hour. So it's not only that the wages of corporations fall relative to, to, um, to inflation, also that your absolute payment per hour falls. So, you know, I wanted to kind of, I, I, you know, I, I, it just never made a lot of sense to me. And then Richard Wolf made it all clear. He said, what happened during the Reagan years and beyond? Everybody started to get something easy called easy credit. Easy credit. Everybody could get credit cards. There was a time in this world when most people didn't have a credit card or anything like that. But now everybody and their mother has credit cards. Yeah, sometimes even 19, 20, 25% interest, but you got a credit card. And you also got easy mortgages. It used to be you had to put more than 20% down on your home. Now there's 10, 10, 20, or there's loans you don't even have to put anything down. And then you got uh, uh, store loans and everything. You got the product right away. It was a two-edged sword. You could, you could have the semblance of having an increase in wage. You could have the semblance of feeling that you're doing better, Right? You have the semblance because now you can have that car, even though you can't afford it the way you did before. Now you can have that home. Now you can buy, you can go on that vacation. All these things that you couldn't do because you needed monies up front, you can now. Credit. And there's a two-edged sword with credit, right? You can get a lot of credit, and the truth of the matter is these companies don't even care if in the long run the capital is paid off. 
Because you are a steady source of income for them. So you borrow $100,000 and every year you're paying anywhere from 6 to 20% or more, right? By the time you are done paying the loan off, if you ever pay the loan off, you paid them back many times over. That's why those financial instruments are so lucrative. And that's how they gave you the semblance of prosperity. So under the Reagan years, people said, oh, look how great things were. No, they weren't. You got credit. Under Clinton, things were great. Yeah, a lot of people got employed, but it wasn't like high salaries. You got credit. Under Obama, things got bad. You got credit. So that is how we got the semblance of prosperity. But we kept you stagnant. And you know how, how cruel the, the, the plutocracy, the oligarchy, the corporatocracy is. Let me tell you how cruel they are. They don't increase your wages. They give you credit. And even on that credit from not increasing your wages, they make a profit. I mean, it's amazing. It is amazing. They make a profit on it. Eric says, federal government is a real example of li live on credit. No, it's not. Again, you can, you can fool yourself into thinking the federal government's credit is equal to your credit card credit. They're not the same at all. A government credit is how much money they keep and take out of the market. It's completely different. Oh, ding, ding, ding time. Thank you about that. Folks, please let me go ahead and, and do my video first. I, keep, I get into my talking and you know I can't stop. Let's go into let's go into the video. I'm Egberto Willis, as host of Politics Done Right, a progressive radio media show on Pacifica Networks, KPFT 90.1 FM, Houston, that engages all ideologies. I found that our political angst isn't mostly ideological. There is a well-designed effort by many in power to control us. If we are at each other's throats, we are less likely to demand our economic and local wishes. In that light, I wrote three books. I wrote the first one titled, As I See It, Class Warfare, The Only Resort to Right-Wing Doom to Describe the Entire Economy in a Manner We Can All Understand. It highlights why it was designed to pill for most as it empowers a few, the chosen. The second book titled, It's Worth It, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors, Take It to the Next Level. After understanding how the system pilfers, it is incumbent that we can speak to our peers to empower a change. The third book, How to Make America Utopia, Take Away the Economy from Those Who Rigged It, gives us a place to land. After learning about our economy that is dysfunctional for most and learning how to engage the other side, we point out what would make an economy that works for all. Each book stands on its own, but together they provide the full picture. Please consider getting one or more. You will undoubtedly learn, be entertained, and help us continue the mission with our blogs, articles, videos, and books. Absolutely so. And I have to reiterate with, uh, with, with Eric. Debt is not debt is not debt. Debt by the United States government in the form of a deficit is not even when they when they purchase bonds for that deficit it's not the same as your credit card debt and if you continue to believe that you will completely miss how an economy runs eric uh, you are an accountant please please if you're doing somebody's accounting and don't understand the differences between credit card type debt and also 
the government debt and, and even the personal debt is different. The debt on a credit card is is on secured debt. The debt on a house is secured debt. Even the even the debt that you your personal debt is different. One of them has more risk than the other. A bank will doesn't mind if you foreclose on a home because they can recover their money. But on pat on 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 secured debt, you can't have it. There are many different types of debt. As a accountant, you should know that if you're in, especially if you're doing people's taxes, because these debts have different types of performances and they have different types of rules. Debt is not debt is not debt at all. Please don't put misinformation for our, our, our posse to get. The government owning debt is a matter of writing a P, writing a line or not. We could get out of debt tomorrow. The United States government could be debt free tomorrow if they so chose. It's just that do, it's just that debt is a form of control, just like taxes. The opposite of debt is a form of control. I think you need to learn these things if you're going to make certain statements. Please, please. Um, I'm not upset, but I'm just saying, don't misinform our audience. Debt, there are many different types of debts, and they have different rules, and they have different dynamics and mechanics. It's important that we understand those things. The, the plutocracy depends on us being dumb and not understanding these things. They depend on having somebody like Eric come and tell an audience, oh, the United States government is in debt. You know why we can fight every single war no matter what? We can never come up with money for social services, right? But every time there is a war, whether we are in debt or not, we build bombs, right? That is because we can. You need to understand these concepts. It's not the same. It is absolutely not the same, and you cannot compare a Venezuela and Greece without a, without a currency that has the backing of a country like the United States. It's a silly comparison. In fact, it's, it, it, it is a dangerous, silly, and uninformed comparison. Completely. And whenever, whenever you hear somebody telling you don't become Greece or don't become Venezuela, they're telling you you're stupid. I, I'm sorry to use that term today. I'm sorry. But anybody who says don't like Greece or Venezuela, they're telling you you're stupid because our, 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 I'm sorry for saying the word, but my God, that, that is our financial system is dollar based and intertwined throughout the world. that it isn't a lira, it isn't a Venezuelan dollar, it isn't any of that. It doesn't stand alone. China holds a lot of bonds in dollars. Um, England holds a lot of bonds in dollars. These are so intertwined that that is self-protective. These concepts, please. Sorry about that, brothers and sisters. Kay the gardener, welcome aboard, welcome aboard. Uh, all right, let's say let's say what else we got here. I, I tell you what, Eric, maybe when I get back to Houston, you and I can go to, to have some coffee. And I don't want to sound condescending here, but I'll explain to you the differences, okay? I think most of our audience right now gets it. 
you cho- you're, I think you're choosing not to understand it. I think you are actually choosing, brother, not to understand what I'm saying here. Just to keep a ideology. You're choosing not to understand what I am saying. Melanie Keaton says, time is nature, but kicking antibiotic. Yeah, that's Roberto Lewis. He really likes that as well. All right, let's see what else we got here. Let's see what else we got here. AVQ, Egberto, please put up the link for purchasing books. Oh, thank you. Uh, thank you. Let me go ahead and get the link for purchase. Yeah, you know something? When I get into talking about all these things, I forget all the things that I'm supposed to do. Here is the link for purchasing our books. Uh, let's see. And by the way, you learned some of this economic stuff that I talk about in, in actually all three of the books. Uh, politicsdoneright.com slash books is where you can get my books. You can also, uh, uh, please, cl- if you're on YouTube, click that join button. Please become a part of our YouTube thing. Uh, you can also, uh, let me give the, put that YouTube link in there. Uh, para ver, there it is. You can also support us via Patreon, politicsandright.com slash Patreon. Politicsandright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And Bridge says, it's amazing you have to spell that out. Yeah, because it's spelled differently, my dear beautiful lady. And politicsandright.com slash PayPal, preferred method of support. Please go ahead and uh, either you can choose to do a one-time support or monthly support. More people are starting to do very small monthly supports now, which I think help us with what we really need to do. Alistair Waters says, I use your points with government debt to enlighten those who don't understand. Thank you so kindly, Alistair. You know, Alistair, that is why I do the program, right? So that we all educate each other, right? And the idea is there, there is power in having a lot of us not telling, putting out the fallacies that let's say that the people who inform Eric Hayes are doing, right? Um, because they pollute, they pollute intelligence, right? But you can't just go ahead and say that, right? You have to actually ask questions like, what makes, even though Venezuela has its own currency, what makes the Venezuelan currency different than the United States currency? Well, the United States currency is the baseline used to purchase petroleum. It's the countries, major institutions that hold United States bonds. So all of them have a an in maintaining the value of the, the United States dollar. So we have a whole lot of slack in that dollar to increase the money supply. We're not talking about printing dollars. You increase the money supply just on a ledger at the feds. That's it. That's it. You increase the ledger at the fed. In fact, uh, when, when they didn't want to raise the debt, there's this stuff about create one coin, call it money, and then boom, the debt is increased. I mean, people just don't understand that uh, what debt really is when it comes to the government. They don't, un- oh, sorry. I hope it's better now. They, they, they don't, it's fading in and out. We're there. Okay, I hope, I hope it stopped fading now. It's when I get excited, I think, and, and the mic moves a bit. So I'm going to try to fix that. Okay, so they don't get it. That is what the issue is. Okay. Uh, by the way, folks, you can also shop at our store. I forgot to tell you about the store. Uh, politicsandright.com. So, so I'm so excited from all the stuff that you guys are putting in there. All right. Here it is. Here it is now for the store. Politicsandright.com slash store. There it is. And you can go ahead and find all the different ways to support us via politicsandright.com slash support. All right. Keep devaluing the currency and other countries in India, Saudi Arabia, and others will use it. Let's say China. Oh, Lord. No, that's not how it works. Uh, That's not how it works. First of all, the reason nobody would use China's yuan right now 
is that China is not a country folks that, that believe is dependable. They know what the United States stand for with all the ills that we have. They know what we stand for. Now, Donald Trump would have been the greatest problem for the dollar. Imagine Donald Trump would have been the most, the biggest problem with the maintaining the stability of the dollar. Believe it or not. And it has nothing to do with economics. It has everything to do with who people think we are. Roberto Lewis says the information about debts is in your book, Class Warfare. It's well explained. Thank you very much, hermano. I, I, sometimes I forget what is in which book. And by the way, I have a new book out. This one here, uh, this one here, this other book that I, I, I wrote the first chapter only so far, but I'd like you to read along with it with me. It, it is, and let me tell you what this book is about. I think I told you guys yesterday. I have time to burn because I didn't have the half hour video. You know, uh, China, have our corpse get out of there. Stay here, pay taxes. And the people you hire, I agree. Um, you know, I, I consider myself, and I, I, I don't want this to sound wrong, because I don't want to disrespect black people, my brothers and my sisters, but I consider myself raceless. I honestly consider myself raceless. And let me tell you what I mean. If I go into a room, I see white people, black people, Latinos. I see people with what we call Latinos. Latinos is, I'm a Latino, but they're white Latinos. They're uh, indigenous Latinos or so all of that. When I go into a room and I, or when I go anywhere, I see the differences in people. I see skinny people, fat people, all that kind of stuff. What do I mean when I say I feel raceless? I, I know as that my pigmentation will give me a certain amount of hate from some people. I know it will give me a lot of trouble with the police. I know all those things, right? Those are externalities that come upon me. But where I am in my life is that it's not an externality that I can promote. Because when I am anywhere... Uh, and I'm and I'm working with whomever. I really work with folks on a human level, right? Because deep inside of my psyche, I understand, right, that what's on that hue has little to do with humanity. So when you've already adjusted your psyche to the truth. The truth is that a human is a human is a human. You effectively become raceless. Raceless. Okay. And um, why am I saying that? The book that I'm writing, I'm going to tell you why I say that. I've been get, I get some stuff in the, in the, in the, um, in the mail, right? Email, etc. And there are some people that would say, oh man, you may not be like, those black people, or you may not be like X, Y, Z. And I'll be like, what does that mean? Yeah, I am. Um, you are not this or you're not that. And, and the assumption is that because I always have a smile on, because I love everybody, because I treat everybody equally, I treat no one better than the other. I don't, and I don't, I, I feel inferior or superior to none. Right? And you know, I promote that. 
And uh, because of that, some people would think that, well, I haven't gone through what the average person who looks like me have gone through. And the truth of the matter is, I have. Every day. And not only that, right? Um, I've gone through it in business. I, th the stories that I'm going to tell in this book that I'm writing, because it also deal with business, international relationships, including business in China that I've had, it's going to blow your minds. So I've, I've, I've written the first chapter and let me put the link in there. I'd like all of you to support me in, in reading this chapter on Amazon. Amazon has this new thing. My daughter started to do it and I'm starting it now where you write a chapter at a time and it, when you're all done, then you turn, you can uh, turn it into the full book after you edit it for the book form. So I'm writing it and the title of my book is Tribulations of an Afro-Caribbean Latino Man. Racism didn't stop my smile, hope, or journey forward. And the reason it didn't stop any of that is because, like I said, you know, I didn't let the things that were coming at me force me to come a certain way at others. And I get into trouble sometimes because I treat everybody equally, right? And, and, and some folks, if a person of a particular hue does do something to them, they will think they will sort of apply that to everybody that way. What I've learned to do is apply everything to folks on an individual basis. And there are a lot of techniques also that I use to make sure that even in bad times, I follow that. And let me tell you what I, what I mean by that, because this is extremely important. If you notice, I call everybody a brother, a sister, my friend, and all of that. And that is important because those are people you always have, you're always engendered to. You always feel akin to. And you never want to harbor bad feelings to those you love. So in, 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 in me keeping these types of, uh, in me keeping these types of techniques, you know, I remember, you know, Michael uh, Ledeau, or rather Ledeau, Daniel Ledeau used to get mad because I call him brother. I don't only call Michael Ledeau brother for him. I call it brother so that I can ensure, given some of the hate that he had put on to some of us, that I don't reciprocate because I can't do that to my brother. My sister is a right winger. I love my sister to death. I can do it because she's my sister. So there are a lot of, the, you know, so I mean, um, so I'm going to explore a lot of these things in this, in this new book that I'm writing. Again, the title is Tribulations of an Afro-Caribbean Latino Man. Racism didn't stop my smile, hope, or journey forward. So check it out. Let's see. Alistair says, Alistair Waters, do you use the at sign before typing name? Yes. Alistair on brief says Alistair Waters doesn't uh, work with people or but true. I don't know. I never know what it works with sometimes, right? This is there is only one race, the human race, says Bridge MCP. She's absolutely right. That's why I love her. Carl Cox says tax all religious faiths in America since they get involved in politics and don't care about the plight of the American people and worship the almighty dollar and the power brings. I agree with you, girl. I mean, with you, I mean, call you girl. Okay, let's see what else we got here. If I miss. Want me to 
throughout there, just type it again to the bottom of the list and I'll be sure to put it out there. How did you come up with the title of the new book? Um, the way I came up with the title is I started, believe it or not, I started writing the first chapter and I placed that first, I made it Black Caribbean Latino man, right? And I didn't think that putting black made it, I, th I thought of two things, right? When I, when I first called it black, I said, I don't want it to, I don't want people to look at it. I, I want it to be, I want it to be more of a cultural type book. And that's why I went ahead and changed it from black to Afro Caribbean Latino man. And the second part, the subtitle, which is racism didn't stop my smile. Because like I said, a lot of people see my happiness and see how I am and they are like, oh, you didn't go through the things that those brothers in, in let's say, in, in the ghetto goes through. And my answer to them is, yeah, yes, I do. I get, I, if I go to a store today in certain areas, I'm still followed irrespective of how I'm dressed, right? Um, when I get stopped by a police officer, sometimes I'm not treated well. And I, the one that treated me very well, I wrote about him and he got a commendation, um, so I wanted to make sure that people understood that, no, everything that you see black people complain about on TV, that's true. I have gone through it as well. And you'll see it in a book. You're not going to see it in a book from a victim point of, point of view, because I am no victim at all. I, I make sure to work the system, right? Uh, I've turned some of my, my biggest racist brothers into friends. And people, some people say, didn't he tell you that? How is he your friend? Well, you know what? We were able to talk about it. What about all those that think that way that never say anything to me? So anyhow, it's five o'clock, five one. I got to get out of here. I'm sorry to give you the, the, the interview that I was supposed to give you. We'll go ahead and do that tomorrow. Look, um, I always like to throw things off for you guys. Um, thank you for opening the discussion and giving me the opportunity to say these things. You guys are wonderful. You guys are great. But I got to get out of here. My name is... Okay, bye. Let's see. Is there anybody I didn't salute that I need to salute before I go? Anybody that I didn't salute? All right. My name is Egberto Willies. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.